you're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. We're your hosts, Erin Beadle and Belinda Fleming. Thank you for joining in today. Hope that you all are really enjoying our podcast episodes week after week. We normally drop an episode every Wednesday. We would love to have you rate and review us to help us grow in the podcast algorithm. And you can also visit our website at midlifestateofmindpodcast.com to learn more about Belinda and myself. So today we're wearing our gardening garb. We have on gardening gloves. We have on a gardening apron. We are cultivating relationships with our adult children. So I have to tell you the inspiration for this episode is I just recently came back from a trip with my oldest son. I had decided last year that my husband takes them all on a trip when they turn 21. They go to Vegas just because we figure that our kids love to gamble or they think they love to gamble. And so their first trip to Vegas is with him. But I was like you know so it's a ride of passage it is yes (laughs) our youngest one hasn't gone yet because he's just 20 but I thought last year I need to have a mother-son trip with them so I talked to each one of my boys and so I'm doing the oldest this year next year my middle son and then the youngest and they can pick anywhere that they want to go in the U.S. my oldest son picked the Redwoods of California we did a five-day trip it was amazing and one of the things that kind of spurred the idea for this trip or for for the trip I'm in a bunch of midlife Facebook groups and I've seen a lot of posts where mothers especially, because it's usually the women in the groups, are talking about how their adult children don't have a relationship with them. And as Belinda and I were discussing this episode about cultivating a healthy relationship with your adult children, you know, for the first 18 or so years of their life, you are the authority figure. You are the parent, right? And it's like, but there comes a day, it doesn't happen overnight, but that dynamic has to change because you cannot continue to be their parent. It's a weird kind of, you're not quite their friend. You're not quite their parent. Right. Well, it's interesting because there is a book coming out or that has recently come out called When Will My Grown-Up Kid Grow Up? And 75% of parents said that their current relationship with their adult children was better now than the relationship they had when their kids were 15. Oh, for Those sure. Those teenage years can be tumultuous. Well, right? I, I have said before <laughs> that if your children were born as teenagers, we'd be like animals and we'd eat our young because exactly. we would never want to have a teenager. God prepares you along the way because he gives you this helpless little baby with the big eyes and the cooing, that he prepares you then for when they are teenagers. Absolutely, because when you're looking at that teenager that is defying you or glaring Rolling their eyes. Yes, you do see that beautiful little baby you brought home from the hospital. You see that toddler. You see that tweener. All of those memories come pouring in, even in these moments when you're going, oh my gosh, they're impossible. Yeah, where you're raging at them. So I think that one of the things that, in my own experience, with having a very intentional, engaging relationship with grown children, because my children are all 20 and over, is managing your expectations. And this is something that I think a lot of parents find difficult. And I know from just talking to even people my age who still feel like they have disappointed their parents or they haven't lived up to their parents' expectations. Like my mom wanted me to be a doctor or my mom wanted me to do this or my dad wanted me to do this. And really, honestly, our children are their own individuals. And so we have to really 
recognize it, embrace their uniqueness, and respect it. We really do. It's interesting too because I also value quality one-on-one time with my children, and planning trips is really a beautiful time to get to be with them. And actually, you get to interact out in the world instead of just inside your own home. So there's value to all of the things that we do one-on-one with our children. And when you start at a young age and you do these special outings with one child as opposed to if you've got multiple children in a family, you really are getting to know their individual self. Yes, and then it makes it better, that transition, because in high school they start pulling away, which they should. Absolutely. They're finding their own independence. They're testing it. I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine that has children a little bit younger than my youngest two children, and he was just saying that it is, it's this really interesting thing. Like you're excited when you actually see your kids moving and having these social interactions where they don't depend on mom and dad so much. But then also there's a little bit of sadness too. So, Oh, there's a lot of sadness. I mean, it it is so bittersweet. The letting go, it is. It's bittersweet. And then when they go away to college, it becomes, wow, you realize, okay, I'll be lucky to get to see them on the next break. I may be able to schedule a time to go up to the school and see them. But honestly, we want to give them the tools to make it and be independent. So it is, it's this dance that we do. It is. There's no handbook either. Yeah, um, there's no playbook to follow that or a template that fits each and every relationship. Right, well, because it is going to depend on each individual person. One thing I think that's really important with adult children is respecting their boundaries. Let's say if your child does live in town, you don't just drop over there unannounced all the time. Especially like, let's just say if they live with a partner and you're not over there walking in the door when they could be having sexy time or something or whatever they're doing. Heaven forbid we walk in the house and have to Well, say it might be payback for when they used to walk in on you as a child. Okay, um, we digress. <laughs> the other thing is, and I've always tried to really be mindful of this, is supporting their decisions by avoiding giving unsolicited advice. Yes. Yeah, that's a hard one, right? We have to be... Because we have the life experience. And it's easy for us to say, here's what I think you should do based on my experience when they don't have the experience with it. But if they don't want your advice, if they don't ask for it, keep your mouth shut, right? Right. Don't give it. But we do want it to be a two-way street where we can have open, honest communication. I want my children to be themselves. Well, I think that's engaging in constructive conversations and disputes. Like, So you're basically seeing things from their point of view. They're seeing things from your point of view. It's definitely, I think, a two-way street in that instance for sure. The other thing I think that's important is to schedule a regular bonding date. If your kids live in town and live close to you, you could do a dinner once a month or a movie or whatever, maybe something that they're interested in if they play pickleball or if they play cornhole and then you go and cheer them on. If they live far away, maybe it's a FaceTime call that you have on a, at a certain time. Well, when I FaceTime my daughters, they're genuinely looking at themselves on the FaceTime well, screen. I always hide that because I can't help but look at do you know whenever I do zoom calls I have to take it off of view for me because otherwise I'm like what's going on with my hair exactly (laughs) my my girls are very funny when my oldest daughter likes to FaceTime but it cracks me up FaceTiming with her because she's usually like picking at something on her face (laughs) and you're like wait till we get off the phone (laughs) it's so funny that's funny well I was gonna say another thing is you have this is a big one is not guilting them right 
And I find myself sometimes doing it in a playful way. And then I'm like, ooh, don't do that. That's not a good look, Erin. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good look. Okay, so we learn, We need to learn restraint when you do feel yourself creeping up, trying to lay the, yes. guilt, the guilt trip on. The other thing is we need to listen more than we talk. For sure. Even in high school. I have learned that with my high schooler daughter and son. I, I now have a freshman and a junior in high school. And getting them to talk is better than me doing all the talking. Absolutely. Asking every day. Keep asking them, how was your day? What What's going on? The more you can keep the dialogue going and the more you can listen instead of talk, the more they're going to tell you. But if you're constantly doing all the talking, well, they're going to shut down. Well, and that, it's funny that you say that because when my oldest was in high school, you know, I'd say, how was your day? What's going on? You know, of course you get one word or two word answers. <laughs> Here's what he would do. I like to read at night to go to sleep mm-hmm. and I would be reading and almost about to turn out the light and he want to come in and be say 11 o'clock at night. And that's when he would always want to talk. And of course, Jeff was laying beside me snoring away, you know, and he's like, why don't you just tell him you'll talk to him in the morning? And I'm like, because he's not going to talk to me in the morning. We have to be available when they you do want to spend time with us too. That's when he would, and he and I would have the really deep conversations about what was going on and what was going on with his friends. You know, things that he would trust me to tell me that I would not share, that maybe things that were happening. But he never wanted to talk about it in the light of day. You know, it was just like when it got dark, that's when he would want to pour out his entire heart. So I would just have to forgo sleep. I'm like, I'm not missing out on the chance to have a really heart-to-heart conversation. Right. It's with so him just because important. I'm tired. Right. It's so important. And you know what's interesting too, this is a different topic, but it just popped into my head that I'm in the position with, for example, my one of my daughters came home this weekend and, and I was able to meet her boyfriend who I adored. And it is very important as parents that we make room for their significant others in yes. our life and we welcome them. And it is very important as parents that we are not judgmental and that we are not being so opinionated about things. Or about who they pick either. Yes. We need to give them that. They need to be autonomous. Hopefully we have raised them in a way that they are seeking out these loving characteristics and people that are going to enrich their personal life. And obviously there could be situations where it isn't that. But I'm very fortunate that I was just telling you when we were discussing it earlier that I love when I see my children with their significant other who's in their life and they're able to be themselves or either that significant other or partner or whatever. My daughter-in-law, actually the union of my son and my daughter-in-law, I feel like my son is just elevated because of his relationship with his wife. And wow, that makes me so proud as a mom. We've always had an open door policy with any of their girlfriends. In fact, in January, we're taking a trip out west and my middle son's girlfriend is going. We bought bought the plane ticket. We're going skiing and snowmobiling. And you're going to make amazing memories. Totally. And they're always welcome. It doesn't matter who they are. I embrace them. I just try to have a very healthy relationship with our significant others of being accepting and welcoming and never judgmental of who they date because that'll get you in trouble for sure. Another thing I think for a healthy relationship with your adult child is accepting feedback positively. So if they do tell you maybe something that where you've overstepped or you've 
crossed a boundary is listening to them and accepting it without getting defensive. And recognize the misunderstanding and apologize. Totally. We just talked about that in one of our episodes, how hard it is to apologize sometimes. But if you want to maintain a really strong relationship, we have to be willing to apologize. And know that as a parent, whether you're a mom or a dad, or maybe if even if raising a niece or nephew and you're, you're a parent of some kind, you're parenting someone, that you're going to slip up and right. fall back into the parenting mode. I mean, I did it on our trip a little bit because I've been his parent for 29 years. And it's just a role that I've always loved. And so I'm a caregiver and I want to parent him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, did you floss? Well, let me ask you a question. So about the recent trip with your 29-year-old son, what was the most significant lesson that you learned during that time that you were together out in California? The most significant thing I just learned is that it is very hard. I mean, we had a wonderful time. There was not a misstep. We just had a great time, but it's still very hard to not parent and so, really, so give your opinions. Is that what you mean? Can you like, yeah, just a like just saying, oh, well, you really should do this. Trying to give advice or not even advice, but I, I like, I worry about him. He's really skinny. He doesn't eat enough. And so I'm like, you need to eat more. I mean, he's very skinny. You so see. that's that parenting adult. I'm mothering him. Whereas if I was just his friend, I wouldn't be saying, oh, you need to eat more. And it might make him uncomfortable with you saying that. He does say, I know I need to eat more. He gets full, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so he's like, I know I'm trying because he wants to gain weight. I just think that even though my tendency is to mother, and I mother some of my friends. I've been called the grandma on, I used to go on a girl's (laughs) trip with one of our mutual friends and they called me the mother hen. I gather all the ducks. I like get all my little ducklings. I say, come on girls, let's go this way. I'm the one that doesn't drink, so I stay sober. So it is ingrained in who I am. I'm a mother, whether I birthed you or whether I just love you. But, you know, just having that one-on-one time with him for that amount of time was just a blessing. I feel really blessed that I got to have that time with him. Well, what qualities did you value the most in your now adult son? Were you able to just in these moments of spending time with him out there on the trip, did you find yourself having a few moments of gratitude? Absolutely, because he is so awesome. Oh, I love it. So I'll tell a little story about him. When we went to the car rental place at the Medford Airport, which is a tiny airport, by the way, I loved it. After sitting in the Atlanta airport, Atlanta airport oh you know, gosh. not almost missing our flight, but Doris was the person at the Enterprise Rental. She upgraded us and she had, a, I, she had a little collection of turtles. Oh, so I said, oh, who collects turtles? She goes, oh, I do. I love turtles. And I said, oh, I've saved a lot of turtles. So we get into this conversation about turtles. So as we leave there, and I mean, of course, Garrett is just so friendly and polite to everyone. Unless he sees somebody being rude and then he's rude. But he he's like, you know what? When we were doing some shopping for people back home, for my other boys and everybody, and he wanted to look for a turtle for Doris. <laughs> So we ended up finding a turtle for her. Adorable. So when you turned in the rental car. Yes. Doris what, Doris told us she was going to be there, but she was coming in later. So I was like, hey, the lady that works here that collects turtles, she's like, Doris? I said, yes. And I said, well, we got her this turtle. And she's like, oh my gosh, she's going to love it. So, That's so sweet. just seeing how he's very kind, he just makes me really proud. You know, and I mean, I don't take that in a prideful way. Oh, no. I just, it's just a moment of just, wow, we've, we've got to take in those wow moments. I 
I love my kids have the greatest sense of humor and when I'm with them I laugh out loud so much and then I even get a second giggle like a few minutes later and they laugh at me they're like mom's laughing about the same thing yet again and they think that's even more comical that I'm still rehashing whatever silly thing that they did but Abigail's very quick-witted Colby's quick-witted Zadie is just full of personality she always has and so it's just always it's exciting like banter it is and then Colby and Abigail have this own little language that they have going back and forth so if you're ever playing games they're always going to be the team that's going to win win oh yeah because they just remember we were little and there was a frog and there was this and they tell the craziest things and they're like oh yeah that would be you know and they just kill us in all of those crazy games like pantomime and things like yeah. that yeah it's interesting but I do believe that all of the things we're talking about like we're talking about when they're in middle school and they come and wake you up or you're about to go to sleep and you're like um never would I turn down a moment for them to share something right you know you have a teenager when you're all in the same house and they're texting you right yes uh, and I'll hear it I have special sounds for everybody and so I know who's texting or blowing up my phone at the moment I'm like oh that's Zadie let me see what she's got to say and she'll just be in the car going mom hurry up or whatever but I've learned the quirkiness about everybody's personality and it's very endearing and then these little children become adults and we still find everything that they do endearing. So those moments of gratitude, take them in, soak them in. Totally. <laughs> this was a trip of a lifetime for me. Yeah. So hopefully we're giving you parents out there that are maybe in the teen years some hope that they do come back around. It's definitely... It gets, it gets better after 15. Yeah, sure. hopefully. So what's interesting is our job, and I've always believed this, and, and I believe it to be true, that as parents you're in the business of putting yourselves out of, out the of job. a job. And when your kids grow up... Up, your job then is to nurture their dreams and to continue to cultivate a closeness and a friendship. You want to befriend them. Treat them like you would a very close, trusted friend. Well, I wanted to end with one of my favorite poems by Khalil Gibran. It's called On Children. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children, as living arrows, are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hands be for happiness, for even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves the bow that is stable. That just always makes me want to cry because it's like you can house their bodies but not their souls. They have their own souls, and so one of the things that you have to be able to do is let your kids go. It's true. It is so true. And our role is to guide and support them rather than to control and possess them. Yes. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Our podcast is a place where we can inspire each other to make positive changes and embrace all that midlife has to offer. Again, we thank you so much for listening week after week and for being on this midlife journey with us. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Bye. This has been an E-Squared production.